So we've been talking about living uncommon on Wednesday nights. Been talking about this since the beginning of the year. Also, we had the marriage class going on in the back, and that heard great things going on back there. They've had anywhere from twenty-five to thirty people back there each each week, and and so they're growing stronger and learning uh, learning and uh, about marriage, and and uh, and so excited to hear the testimonies from that. And um, we won't have any as of right now. There won't be any special when that class is over. There won't be any special classes going on up until we'll start healing school again uh, as we get towards um, the start of uh, the school year. So. I will make you aware of that. Um, but I've been talking about living uncommon, and this all was birthed out of um, Acts chapter 10, where it talks about don't, don't call common what God has called uncommon, right? And he was de- really dealing with Peter, and he was talking about the, the Gentiles, and was saying, hey, you know, you're looking down on them as a people, but I'm not looking down on them. I'm seeing something extraordinary within them, just like I'm seeing something extraordinary in you, Peter, just as I saw fit to to uh, to intersect your life with Jesus, and just as much as I empowered you and equipped you and filled you with the Holy Spirit, you know I have something set apart for the Gentiles as well. And so we've been unpacking and and talking about what it means to live in common, and we've dealt with so many different things since the beginning of the year. And and tonight I want to I want to talk about this one phrase that this and is you have no lack. Can, can you say that with me? I have no lack. I'll say it again. I have no lack. <laughs> you know, as, as a child of God, as a believer, you have no lack. You're like, well, Pastor, you haven't seen my bank account. Well, I'm not talking about your bank account. I'm talking about who your Lord is. And, 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 you know, tonight, not, not necessarily be about money per se. I mean, maybe, well, the next time I, I talk on a Wednesday about, about, um, living uncommon, I'll, I'll deal with that. But I want to deal with something that's, that's uh, far greater than money because money is just a, is a, is a, is a material thing. I'm talking about something that's, uh, much more that really produces money, that produces all the other things in our lives. And, uh, and so we're, we're going to talk about having no lack. Uh, let's, let's start in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And we'll read the scripture f- first. Um, it doesn't necessarily maybe pertain to the rest of what I deal with, but I know it's something I, I know I'm supposed to start with. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. First Corinthians chapter two, verse one says, and I, brethren, when I came to you, I came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and a power. Now, let me me go go back to verse 3. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. Now, we don't know where this came from. Maybe there was was something maybe on the inside of him 
that had a natural limitation or a natural weakness or something that he might have been lacking. I, I, I'm not sure there, but evidently it was enough to where he said, when I came to you, I came. Maybe it was the fact that, hey, I'm, I was this murderer and now I'm, I'm carrying this message and God has called me to come to you to release this message. Not sure what it was, but it said he came in this attitude of trembling. And he says, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and the power that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. You can read it this way, that your faith should not stand in man's logic but in the ability of God. You know, it's with Dolores and just what she came up, she couldn't explain to you how it happened. It, it wasn't, there wasn't natural logic. There wasn't man's logic. Man logic could not explain it with a calculator. There's things that I've, I've seen in my life that, that I, I couldn't explain how I got to where I got and in, in the natural. It, man's logic couldn't make sense of it, but, but yet I can when I understand God's ability. When, you know, you can never discount what God can do. See, we, we have limitations and we have lack in our own ability, but, but the thing is, with God, I have no lack. Now, if I, if I'm looking at, if I'm looking at just myself naturally, yes, there will always be limitations, but I, I, I as a child of God, I, I'm not doing life on my own any longer. I have the greater one with me. I have the greater one living on the inside of me. So Paul is saying, I didn't come to you with enticing words of man's wisdom, but I came to you with demonstration and power. Why? Because I didn't want you to put your faith in me. I didn't want you to put your faith in my ability to communicate. I wanted you to put your faith in God's ability and God's power. And it's the same thing when we're looking at living with no lack and having no lack. It's, it's not putting our faith in man's wisdom. But I'm putting my faith in what God can do. In God's ability. Let's go to Deuteronomy. Actually, hold on. Yeah, go to Deuteronomy chapter 2. But also, I want you to go to Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22. Deuteronomy chapter 2 in Luke chapter 22. So look at Deuteronomy. The top of this chapter, my Bible says, the years in the wilderness. Look at verse 7. I'll read this in the Amplified. It says, for the Lord your God has blessed you in all the work of your hand. He knows you're walking through this great wilderness. He knows you're walking through this great wilderness. He knows... That you're walking through this great wilderness. God knows where you are. <laughs> God's not ignorant of, of what you're facing and what you're going through. For the Lord, your God, has blessed you in all the work of your hand. He knows you're walking through this great wilderness. These 40 years, the Lord, your God, has been with you and you have lacked nothing. Just, I think we can go home there. Just... 
just think about that for a moment here for 40 years. He knows that you walk through this wilderness and he is saying that in these 40 years, think about it. You haven't liked anything. Nothing. God does not want us to live with lack. Years ago, the Lord uh, was on a Wednesday night. The Lord asked me a question before I came out to minister. And he said, Justin, do you know what the biggest problem in the world is today? And I'm like, you're asking me? <laughs> like, go ask Brother Copeland. You know, I mean, maybe Brother Copeland knows that answer. What's the biggest problem in the world today? And I'm thinking of all these different things that it could be. And, and the Holy Spirit said this. He goes, the biggest problem in the world today is deficit. It's like deficit. Yeah, lack and shortage. And he went on and he said, yeah, there's a, there's a deficit of love. There's a deficit of joy. There's a deficit of peace. There's a deficit of prosperity. There's a deficit of revelation. And then he said, it all comes down to this. It's because there's a deficit of the word of God. And, and, and the thing is, is everything is when I, when I have the word, then I have something I can rest my faith on. If I have the word, I can build my life on something. Right? And so, and so I, as a believer, I can't look at my lack. Why? Because that's man's logic. That's my logic. Trying to figure out how I'm going to make something work. How it's going to come to pass. How the healing is going to come. How the provision is going to happen. Now, there's, there's things, and, and I, I remember just like you, Dolores, there was information the Lord gave me. There was things that I had to do in the natural, not wait for, for money to fall out of the sky. There was things that I had to do in the natural. There's things I had to sell. There's, there's, there's second jobs I had to get, third jobs I had to get. There's things I had to, I had to, I had to create margin in my life. So, so I could, I could move. And a lot of times people just want to live from miracle to miracle instead of just being obedient. And sometimes, sometimes, you know, you know, your breakthrough is going to come with a set of work love. We say, well, that's, that's, that's man's wisdom. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, God, God will, God will tell you and give you direction and wisdom on what to do and how to do it. And sometimes we, you know, we're still looking back 20 years later and wonder why we're still in the same, same place and wondering why there's lack. Well, have you, have you done what God told you to do? So, so the thing is, is, is God does not want us to live with lack, even though they were in the wilderness. They were in a place that would be considered deficit, yet for 40 years it said they had no lack. Now let's look at Luke chapter 22. Luke 22, verse 35. This is Jesus speaking. He says, and he said unto them, when I sent you out... Without purse and script and shoes, lacked you anything? And what did they say? Nothing. When I sent you out, did you lack anything? And they were like, nothing. Nothing. When I sent you out, did you lack anything? He told them, (laughs) only take one garment. Told them, don't take a purse. Don't take these things. Did, did you lack anything? They said, nothing. Nothing, master. Nothing, rabbi. 
See, man's logic sometimes can't figure it out. My faith does not stand in man's wisdom. My faith doesn't stand even on my ability to try to understand a situation. But my faith has to stand in the power of God. In the power of God. We can't put our faith in man's wisdom. In man's ability or man's. Yes, I'm so grateful for technology. I'm so grateful for for discoveries. I'm so grateful for natural things. But we can't build our life completely on natural things. But our faith has to be grounded upon the power of God. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Go to Psalms 23. Don't want to get ahead of myself here. Psalms 23. Familiar Psalm, Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. If you don't want, then you have what? No lack. So I could say that because the Lord is my shepherd, I have no lack. Because of the Lord, because the Lord is my shepherd, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. You know, he restores me. He why? Because the good shepherd leads me. How how did I get through the valley? He led me through it. How did I get to the, the table that he made available? He led me there. The shepherd led me there. The last verse says that mercy, goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. Right? Follow me all why? Because he 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 led me there. He he's leading me, he's guiding the shepherd. The shepherd desires us to live in a place where we have no lack and we have no want. This is the shepherd. Go to John 10. John 10. Thank you, Father. Um, hallelujah. For the sake of time, let's look. Um, look at verse 7. So Jesus said again, I assure you most solemnly, I tell you that I myself am the door for the sheep. All others who came as before me are thieves and robbers, but the true sheep do not listen to and obey them. I am the door. Anyone who enters in through me will be saved and will live. He will. Who's he? Who's he? The ones that come in, that come in, come into him. He will come in and he will go out freely and will find pasture. That means more than enough. The thief comes only in order to steal, kill and destroy. But I've come that they might enjoy life and have it in abundance. In verse 11, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. So, so here we see the shepherd 
leads us in place that we do not want. So here we see that that as we follow the shepherd, that we will find pasture, right? We will find everything that we have need of. We'll find resources for living. That's that's a, that's a play, that's another word for pastures. There, you will come in and out and freely, and you will find pasture. You will find resources for life. But it's found in Him. It's found in your relationship with Jesus. Everything that I have encountered in life, the answer has always been found in His Word. It's been found in my relationship with Him through the work of the Holy Spirit. He's a shepherd. He's a shepherd. And because He's my shepherd, you know, see, the, you have to understand the heart of the shepherd. The heart of the shepherd does not want the sheep to be in lack. Why? Because having healthy sheep is his livelihood. So the the shepherd wants you to have no lack just as much as you don't want to have lack. The heart of the shepherd is to lead you in places where there's no lack. Is to... Provide. He's the good shepherd and he will provide everything for your resources for living. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 13. Say, I have no lack. Thank you, Father. Oftentimes in life, we're waiting. We, we're waiting for something to happen instead of realizing things have already happened, if that makes sense. Let me, uh, let me keep going here. Hebrews 13. Thank you, Father. Verse 20. It says, Now may the God of peace, I'm reading the Amplified, Now may the God of peace, who is the author and the giver of peace, who brought again from among the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep. So he's the God of peace, who brought again from among the dead our Lord Jesus. And then it tells us who that Lord Jesus is, that great shepherd of the sheep. By the blood of the everlasting covenant. Hallelujah. Wow. Thank you, Father. God, who did something impossible. The God of peace who did something outside of man's, man's control. God, who did something that man couldn't do. The God of peace. The God of peace. What did the God of peace do? He brought from among the dead our Lord Jesus. He raised Jesus from the dead. He did something supernatural. He did something that man's wisdom can't define and can't describe. The God of peace who brought again from among the dead, our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep from among the dead. Hallelujah. The great shepherd of the sheep by the blood that ratified the everlasting agreement. So this shepherd that was raised from the dead ratified this covenant. 
This covenant of peace, this covenant of prosperity, this covenant of blessing, this covenant of abundance, this God of peace that, that, that sent Jesus, the shepherd of the sheep, the shepherd that causes his sheep to be able to go out and go out and come in freely and find resources for living. He ratified a covenant. He made available a covenant to you and I, this covenant of blessing, this covenant agreement. The shepherd doesn't want us to have lack. That's why he ratified this agreement that made this covenant between God and him, this mediator of a better covenant established upon better promises. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Let's keep going. That's a whole nother message. The everlasting agreement. Man. So what is this everlasting agreement? What did this shepherd of the sheep make available? What did he do? Verse 21, it says, Strengthen, complete, and perfect, and make you what you ought to be. So let me read this all together. Now may the God of peace who brought again from among the dead, our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep by the blood of the everlasting covenant. Now, when he says the Lord Jesus, then after that, he's just qualifying who the Lord Jesus is. And he tells us that he's the great shepherd of the sheep and he ratified an agreement. So we can take that out and go right into the next verse and not lose any meaning of what the scripture is trying to tell us. So we can read it this way. May the God of peace who brought again from among the dead, our Lord Jesus, that he would strengthen you, make you what you ought to be and equip you with everything good. That you may carry out his will. While he himself works in you and accomplishes that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ. Now get a picture of this. The God of peace who raised Jesus from the dead would strengthen you, make you what you ought to be, equip you with everything good to do his will. Wow. Equip you with everything good to do his will. He's equipped you with everything for good that you would accomplish his will. Thank you, Father, that he'd strengthen you, make you what you ought to be and equip you with everything good. Hallelujah. Let's go to second Thessalonians. A lot of scriptures tonight. Just want you to see what's what he's made available to us. He's equipped you with everything good. So if he's equipped me with everything good, that means I'm not lacking anything, right? He's he's placed everything within my life to carry out his will. Thank you, Father. Second Thessalonians, and I've been in this chapter a lot personally. Dealt with a little bit in some services, but... Hallelujah. I want to read this in three different translations, versions. I want to read it in the... um, Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. 
Let me read the message first. Second Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 11 and 12. It says, Because we know that this extraordinary day is just ahead. What extraordinary day is he talking about? The return of Jesus. Because we know that this extraordinary day is just ahead, we pray for you all the time. We pray that our God will make you fit for what he's called you to be. Fit. That, you would, that God will make you fit for what he's called you to be. We pray that he will fill your good ideas and acts of faith with his own energy so that it all amounts to something. If your life honors the name of Jesus, he will honor you. Grace is behind and through all of this. Our God giving himself freely, the master Jesus Christ giving himself freely. The Passion says this, With this in mind, we constantly pray that our God will empower you to live worthy of all that he has invited you to experience. And we pray that by his power... All the pleasures of goodness and all the works inspired by by faith would fill you completely by doing this. Let me read that again. God will empower you to live worthy of all that he's invited you to experience. He will pray that by his and we pray that by his power, all the pleasures of goodness and all works inspired by faith would fill you completely. By doing this, the name of our Lord Jesus will be glorified in you and you'll be glorified in him by the marvelous grace of our God and the Lord Jesus. Now, let me read it in this, the new living. So we pray. We, so we keep on praying for you, asking our God to enable you to live life worthy of this call. May he give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. Let me read that again. That he may give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. Then the name of our Lord Jesus will be honored because of the way you live. And you'll be honored along with him. This is all made possible because of the grace of our God and Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now let's go to Colossians chapter 1. Hallelujah. You have no lack. He's equipped you with everything good. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. I need, I need you to expand your thinking for the, for the next uh, maybe three verses or three, three different scriptures or three different places that we're going to go, okay? And then I'll be done. But I need you to expa- I want, I expand you on the inside. All right. Can, okay. For us to just, just grow on the inside in our, in our spiritual spirit, just grow spiritually just over the next, next, next 15, 10, 15 minutes. Hallelujah. Sometimes when I read scriptures and, and I like read that, I'm like, does that actually say that in my, in my Bible? I'm like, did you actually say that about me? And it's like, Whoa. It's like, God is awesome. And because God's awesome, I'm awesome. You know, it's like the Lego movie. Awesome. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 
Oh, hallelujah. Colossians, where should we start? I'd like to just... Mm. Oh, Lord. Um, sometimes it's like, it's like, okay, no, I need to read that. No, I need to read that. Yeah, I got to read that. Let's just do verse 9. We'll start with verse 9. For this cause we also, since the day we heard of it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So this is Paul's prayer to us. Paul's prayer, Paul's prayers are meant to expand the church's thinking. That's why he pray, I pray that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. You know, to give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Why? Because Paul knew that 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 natural thinking wasn't that natural thinking wasn't going to call you call natural thinking would not be able to cause you to walk in God's plan for your life. So he was constantly saying and praying for them, hey, you need to get out of the way. You've got to get your thinking out of the way. Your thinking will cause you to be limited. That's why Paul said, I, I'm not, I didn't come to you in, 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 in man's wisdom, but in demonstration and power. Because I didn't want your faith to stand in my wisdom. I wanted it to stand in the power of God. And so that's what we're dealing with. We're not talking about our wisdom. So here it says, I'm praying that, that I don't cease praying for you and to declare that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom. Filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Meaning, I want you to have spiritual understanding, not natural understanding. I want you to have God's wisdom, not natural wisdom. I want you to have God's knowledge, not man's knowledge. Do you understand? Verse 10, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. So if I have and I'm filled with God's knowledge... God's wisdom and spiritual understanding, then what happened? That I would walk worthy of the Lord and all pleasing. So when I can think like God thinks, when I can understand like God's understand, then I can start walking in a way that I would never be able to walk in, in another. I wouldn't be able to walk in my own ability, right? That's what they're saying. I'm praying that you would be filled with this knowledge, filled with this wisdom, filled with this spiritual understanding that I would walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. I would be fruitful in every good work. What would that be like being fruitful in every good work? Fruitful, fruitful. But this isn't based on my knowledge, my wisdom or my understanding. It's being filled with his knowledge, his wisdom and his understanding. Right. That you might walk worthy of the Lord and all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. That you might be strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father. Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of his inheritance in the saints. Hallelujah. That we would be strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and long suffering 
with joyfulness. Strengthened with all might. All, all might. All might. Man, with all might. All, with all might, not some might, but with all might. All ability, with all strength. Hallelujah. Strengthen with all might according to his glorious power. So I could say it this way, that I would be strengthened with all might in proportion to his glorious power. I would be strengthened with all might in proportion to his glorious power. I mean, I think you, I'm, I'm expanding your thinking. Think, think that we would be strengthened with all might to the decree of his glorious power. You have no lack on the inside of you. In God, there's nothing lacking in you. There's no, there's no wisdom that you can't figure out. There's no knowledge you can't attain. There's no, uh, not, there's no spiritual understanding that you can't grasp. That you would be strengthened with all might according to and proportion to his glorious power. Unto all patience and long suffering with joyful. Now we don't like those words. (laughs) Unto all patience and long suffering. (laughs) Hallelujah. That I I would be. Let me put it this way. That you would be so strong in him that, that enduring something is nothing. You're so convinced of his ability. You're so convinced of his covenant. You're so convinced of his ability. You're so convinced of God's strength. You're so convinced of what he has to do that, that I'm telling you, enduring and standing means nothing to you. As a matter of fact, you do it joyfully. Why? Because, because as you're standing in the midst of adversity, you have great joy. Why? Because you're strengthened with all might because you know he's on your side. You know he's got your back. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. We praise you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Giving thanks to the Father who has made us partakers. Better word is qualified. Qualified you. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified, the Amplified says, qualified and made us fit to share the portion which is the inheritance of the saints. You've been qualified and made fit. You're qualified and made fit. Hallelujah. You're not lacking. You've been qualified. You've been qualified. You mean, you're, you know, if there, there's no... You know, sometimes when you go, you go to get a vehicle, you know, and they do it, they, they pre-qualify you. But I'm telling you, with God, you've already been qualified. There, there's no, there's no application you need to fill out. There's no resume you need to do. You have been qualified. God has qualified you to have the saints of the inheritance, the, the inheritance of the saints. Amen. There's nothing that you lack. There's nothing that you don't have a right to. There's nothing that you can't possess and walk in. There's no, there's nothing that's too far gone. There's nothing that you can't attain in God. He's equipped you with everything that's good. Now, I'm still, just, just, are you, just expand you a little more here. Expanding us a little more. 
For the sake of time, let's look at uh, verse, verse 17. And he is, talking about Jesus, and he is before all things, and by, by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence, for it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. That in him should all fullness dwell. Now, now put on your seatbelts, all right? All right, let's go to chapter 2. Now put on your, your, your seatbelts because you've got to see this. And this is, this, isn't, this is the word of God, okay? Verse 3, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Talking of Christ, in whom? In Christ are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. Meaning, lest any man should steal this through words. Meaning, don't let humanity steal this from you. Don't let the world system steal this from you. For though I'm absent in the body, verse 4, uh, in this I say, lest any man beguile you with enticing words, for though I'm absent in the flesh, yet I'm with you in the spirit, joying and beholding your order in the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. So walk in him. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Now put your seatbelt on. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy or vain deceits after the traditions of men and after the elements of the world and not after Christ. Remember, don't let any man steal this through philosophy or the elements or things that may be talked about in the world. Now look at verse 9. This is where you got to put your seatbelt on. For in him, in Christ, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Now let's read the next several words. And you are complete in him. And you, and you are complete in him. Now, it said over in chapter 1, it said that, that it said it pleased the Father, and it said that, that all fullness should dwell. Then over here it says, for in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. The Godhead bodily. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. The Godhead bodily. The fullness of... Everything that is in Jesus, everything that God has, he's saying is in Jesus. And then it says what? You are complete in him. Now, 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 if I'm complete in him and he, the fullness of the Godhead bodily is bodily in him and he's the head of the church and I'm in his body, then it lets me know that the Godhead bodily is in me and I find my complete completeness, my satisfaction and my peace in him. The fullness of the Godhead bodily and I'm complete in him. You don't lack anything. Now, you may lack wisdom for the moment, but that doesn't mean that you lack the ability to get it. 
Now, now think about it. You have the Godhead bodily <laughs> living on the inside and you are complete in him. Wow. <laughs> See, if you have that understanding when you go to lay hands on someone, the Godhead bodily is on the, and I'm complete in him. That means when I lay hands, the, the whole Godhead bodily is laying hands on them. I mean, that, think it, all of heaven is laying hands on that person. When I stand up here and preach on a, on a Wednesday night or a Sunday morning, I, I've got the Godhead, I'm complete in him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. And you are complete in him, which is the head of all principality. <laughs> the head of all principality, all principality, all principalities have to bow at the name of all print. And I'm complete in him. I'm complete in him. In whom also are the circumcision with the circumcised made without hands and putting off the body of sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, wherein also you are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took out of the way, nailing it to the cross, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Let no man therefore judge you. Hallelujah. Let a man in meat and drink. Stop having arguments about people whether you should eat meat or not eat meat. Trying to, trying to. What was God? What was this? Was Jesus this? Or was he pescatarian? Was he this? No. Don't have arguments about these things. Or in respect of holy days. Or the new moon. Or the Sabbath day. Well, a Saturday, is, is the Sabbath on Saturday? Is that on Sunday? Well, I don't know. I mean, I know the Sabbath was, was Friday night to Saturday evening. But I know also in Acts it said, it said they met on the first day of the week, which was Sunday. So does, do these things really matter? No, the bottom line is that we are complete in him. So why, why are you arguing about all these petty things? Why are you arguing about these things or, or, or what this person? No, we're complete in him. The fullness of the Godhead bodily dwells in me. And the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, hallelujah, quickens my mortal body. How, why? So, so the thing is, is we, 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 can, we can kind of talk about and argue about all these petty things that don't matter. Man's wisdom, man's way of figuring things out, what man wants to do. But no, the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Hallelujah. Now, don't get me wrong. There's healthy ways to eat, please. I mean, I'm not. But, but the point is, is, is let's not major on minors. Let's make sure the foundation of our life isn't built on man's wisdom, but is built on the power of God. Let me close with this. Go to Second uh, Peter. Are you receiving something tonight? Hallelujah. The God, man. 
For in him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you, you are complete in him. Mm. I'm trying to find Second Peter. Here we go. Hallelujah. Look at verse 1. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have tamed like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeded and great and precious promises. By these you might be partakers of divine nature. We look at verse 3 again. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Now, if he has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness, then that means we have no lack. He's given us all things that pertain according to his divine power. Divine power. That's not earthly power. That's not, that's not earthly ability. That's not earthly strength. It's something divine. Meaning it's, it's really a word in the Greek that has no definition. Meaning all they could do was describe it. It's, it's God kind. It's like Zoe. It's the God kind of life. We don't, we don't know it. We, we can't describe it. We just say it's the God kind. And that's the same thing with divine power. Or divine nature. We, we, don't, we, we, don't, we don't know. We can't, we can't put parameters around it. We, we don't know how to label it. We can't even define it with natural words. We just know it's awesome. We just know it's divine. It's something out of this world. According as his divine power. So this divine power. This power that can't be described has given unto us. All things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of divine nature. Hallelujah. We've been given divine, divine power to be able to walk within a divine nature. Hallelujah. You and I, we have no lack. Sometimes we just need to get the natural to catch up to the spirit. Sometimes we, we just need to, need, to, need to pray it out here. We need to get wisdom here. And I believe as we, as we obtain all these things, that as we, we, uh, we get connected to heaven, as we get connected to the things of God and the word of God, I believe that we'll see all these other things manifest in the natural the things we're believing for, the, the direction that we need to take in life, those will come out from heaven. I know sometimes we can run around and, and try to get wisdom from so many different natural sources. And there's not, there's not anything wrong with being educated to a certain degree. But make sure that you're, you're tapping into divine wisdom and divine life. Because I'm telling you, in, in that, in living from that position in place, We'll have no lack. No lack. Do you receive this word tonight? 
We'll give him a shout of praise. Amen, Nikki. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father.